WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this um, Wednesday morning, June 17th. We have a doubleheader today, meaning uh, we'll be uh, spending some time uh, with the Woonsocket School Department, and we'll be spending some time with the Woonsocket um, Public Works uh, Department on the Upfront program. So um, welcome to our show. Uh, today, we invited uh, School Committee Chairman Paul Bourget to join us and School Superintendent Patrick McGee. And uh, we'll uh, be uh, talking about um, what is going on in the Woonsocket School District. And uh, there's uh, plenty going on inside the district. And some stuff is going on outside uh, the district also uh, that uh, may or may not impact the Woonsocket Schools. So uh, anyway, I'm going to do a commercial first and uh, let everybody uh, settle in. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll chat about schools. Okay, let's go. Scott McGee of Remax Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, our featured property today is on Elmore Street or Elmore Avenue here in the uh, city of Woonsocket, an upper Park Avenue uh, area. And I'm looking at this uh, 1920 Colonial that has uh, nine rooms. I used to uh, live on Elmore Street when I was a kid. And um, let's see, it was built in 1920. So the question is, was it built before or after I was born? I'm not exactly sure. But anyway, at 379.9, we're talking about a beautiful piece of property. Um, and uh, it's got a double living room with fireplace, hardwood floors, large kitchen, lots of appliances. And uh, Scott would love to show you this property. 639-2906 is his telephone number to call. Real estate taxes well under uh, $5,000 a year. If you'd like to see this property, give Scott a call. 639-2906. Scott McGee, your real estate guy. And the other uh, message is for uh, Grumpies uh, here in Woonsocket. Here in Woonsocket. Well, to me, they're in Woonsocket, even though they're in South Bellingham, technically, on Pulaski Boulevard. And remember, um, they serve luncheons uh, every day from uh, noontime on, starting at 599. And on a Monday through Thursday basis, Grumpy's features their $10 dinner menu. And what they do is give you the regular menu and then a piece of paper from the uh, from the kitchen, from the chef. And there are five or six uh, specials like that honey jack chicken that I had last night. Uh, $10 meal with a couple of sides, including green beans or french fries or mashed potatoes or kernel corn. And then the honey jack chicken, which is so, uh, so tasty. You'll find it um, right there at Grumpy's. In South Bellingham, and we're open seven days a week for your convenience. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. The panel is uh, Roger and Paul and Patrick, and uh, so uh, good morning, first of all, to uh, Mr. Uh, Borget. Good Welcome. morning, Roger. Good nice. morning, listeners. Nice. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you here. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Paul. All right. Everybody's had their good mornings, and now it's time to talk That's about, um, uh, let's talk about graduation day, first of all, and something uh, that uh, uh, 
was one of the main purposes of uh, having this uh, program. I guess I'll begin with you, uh, Dr. McGee, and uh, ask you to contrast uh, the graduation of 2019, the graduation of 2020, the graduation of 2021. Were they all different here on? So they certainly have been uh, different. Uh, last year, as, as, we, as you know and the listeners know, we had a virtual graduation, which was actually done uh, nicely. It was, uh, it was a very, very well put together um, virtual graduation. We also had uh, students uh, come to the high school, uh, not Barry Field as they normally would, but they came to the front of the high school. We had a stage set up and they were able to, you know, walk across the stage when their name was called. They, they, we had, we didn't have everyone there at the same time, of course. Um, and uh, this year it's going to really look much more similar to what we traditionally see at Barry Field than uh, last year. Um, so this year we are going to, number one, be back at Barry Field, which is great. Uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, the, the ceremony will begin as it usually uh, begins at 4 p.m. Uh, we will be outside. Um, there will be, um, you know, the, the uh, students will, will be sitting. Um, they, they will not be socially um, uh, distanced. They, they will be, you know, sitting where they normally sit. Uh, we will also have families present. Um, we do have um, just four tickets per uh, family. The, the one major change uh, between this year and, and a traditional normal year is that we will be socially distancing the, the pods or the groups of families uh, from one another. But really, that's just kind of a uh, somewhat of a minor change. Uh, the rest is, is going to be what we normally would, would see. So we're really excited about that opportunity to to bring back normalcy to the uh, Woonsocket Education Department and the community. So 2019 was a regular graduation. Yes. 2020 was irregular and 2021 as close to 2019 as you can get. Exactly. Mr. Bourget, uh, yes, your comments on graduation day coming up Friday. Can't wait. Uh, this is going to be a really great day. Uh, the students are all excited. I'm sure their families are as well. Uh, it'll be nice to be in person. That we, It'll not be a Zoom meeting, a Google meet of all these hundreds of people. Uh, they're going to be out on, in, you know, sitting in Barry Field to be in their caps and gowns. The families will be there to support them. Uh, we will all be there uh, to cheer them on and send them on their way on the next, their road to success. Uh, it's going to be a great day. The weather is supposed to cooperate. Uh, so coming back to a great, a great percent of normalcy, as Dr. McGee just said, is going to be uh, very heartening and heartening. And we've been working so hard to get to this point. If we drive by either one on this question, if we drive by Barry Field to see a big tent up there, uh, what was uh, the, the purpose and what is the purpose of that tent or will it be used at all? Well, it wasn't for the circus. So let's start with that. Um, what we, what it was used for was for last night's uh, Woonsocket Area Career and Technical Center graduation awards ceremonies. Um, and it's, what a massive tent. Uh, you had, I think, room for 600 chairs. There had to be around 500 people there last night um, because all the students who uh, graduated from the technical school from our Vogue School, if you would, uh, were there and their families, and there was plenty of room. Um, and it was beautiful. It was a nice breeze. We have a brand new stage that accommodates more people than, than normal. 
um, last year, I mean, years, like in 2019, Anastasia, we had, you know, you had to almost fit people in with a shoe on uh, because it was so tight. This is a lot more room, uh, but it was a wonderful evening. So that's what the tent was for. There were some food trucks that came in after, so students and their families could enjoy uh, hot food from the food truck or ice cream. Um, so it was a wonderful evening, and if you drive by Barry Field, you're going to notice that on the fence, like last year, we have uh, poster boards, almost like uh, the election signs of every single student that are mounted on the fence like it was last year. So you can drive by and get a sense of the, the size of a class, which is over 300, 300 students. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Time out for Champs Liquor Sukiway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of Flip Flop for $10, including Cabernet, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, Pinot Grigio, and again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale? Tisdale Wines from California with six varieties including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato Choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences at Champs Lucas or Keyway. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, 26.47 plus tax. Hours of convenience from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yes, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street, Winsock. Have a question? We're always there to answer you at 765-1800. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Panel, uh, Superintendent of Schools, Patrick McGee, School Committee Chair, Paul Bourget. We're talking about the Woonsocket Education Department. And um, the other day, uh, Mr. Stewart uh, was in here from the uh, Teachers Guild recording uh, an advertisement for the uh, graduation, saluting the graduates, asked him about negotiations. He seemed to think that uh, we're doing uh, pretty uh, decently in terms of uh, not uh, telling tales out of school, but it uh, seems like um, there's uh, a contract on the way. So uh, I don't know. Is this a school committee chairman question or a superintendent question or both? How are we doing on negotiating with the teachers? For the negotiation team, right. which we're both on. All right, there you go. <laughs> so uh, things are progressing very well. Uh, we're hoping to have a contract before the end of June. Uh, which is a lot faster than the last time, which took 15 months. This will have taken us some two and a half months yeah. or so. Um, it's uh, very amicable uh, discussions with the, the union and the negotiation team. Um, and it's moving very well. I mean, um, the frustrations that were present at the last uh, negotiation, it's not, it's not there this time. 
it's going very well, very smoothly. And uh, like I said, we're looking for the end of June to have the contract completed. Is it going well because there's dollars available uh, so that uh, you don't have to uh, worry uh, whether you're going to be able to come up with the dollars to fulfill the contract? Or is it just a better environment? Both. Uh, I think it's both. Um, the environment is much better. Uh, the relationships are much stronger. Um, s s the last time, I, I, I believe members of both teams, both the union team and the negotiation team were brandy new at this. Uh, there were members that were new. Uh, there was confrontation. Um, and we don't have that this year. Uh, the teams, uh, you know, I recognize the faces. Uh, of the of the folks that's sitting across from me, and let's remember, last time the mayor had her appointed team, uh, which and then right in the middle of negotiations, we had an election, so we had a brand new school committee, and so we formed a new team, um, and so there was a lot of restarting and getting caught up by the new team, and it took in total of 15 months, and we don't have uh, that problem or that those issues now. Um, money and you gotta forget the federal funds, forget the ESSA funds, forget all that. We're looking at what our operation budgets can afford, and yeah, there's money there, uh, and we believe that uh, both parties have been reasonable in terms of looking at the available money. People so know what the bag of money is about. Uh, they're not. The union is not uh, asking for crazy money. Which would which took a lot of time last time in terms of uh, working to something more reasonable, and you know we caught them up last time. Um, we made a great inroads in terms of uh, catching up uh, teachers that had gotten raises, but not as much as they could have had during the budget commission. So we caught them up. So now we're past that. And so we're on much more solid and reasonable grounds. Mr. Superintendent, asking the question another way so people are not jumping across the table at each other, scratching each other's eyes out. It's a little bit more amicable. Huh? It's very amicable. That hasn't happened yet. I don't think it's going to happen this time around. Mm -hmm. But I'm very pleased, as Chairman Bourget said, the negotiations have gone smoothly. And, um, you know, there's certainly give and take on both sides. The uh, I, I would agree that you know there there are two reasons for that. I think that you know we've we've built up strong uh, positive relationships with the union and our negotiating team, and um, you know there is there's money there to to offer the union. So yeah, I'm I'm very pleased. I'm very excited, and I would agree with with the chairman that you know I'm pretty confident that by the end of June we should uh, we should be finished. In talking with uh, Council Vice President Ward, uh, I can, uh, off the top of my head, pull out the figures for stimulus money from the federal government. We've got uh, $28 million coming directly to the city. $14 million is already on deposit at Navigan Credit Union. Another $8 million coming to the city of Woonsocket, not the school department now, uh, for county money. We're part of Providence County. $8 million of the county allocation will be coming to Woonsocket. So um, you add up... Um, 28 and and uh, eight more million and uh, there's a lot of money for Winsocket to spend on maybe uh, lead uh, water lines, sewer lines, stormwater drains, uh, broadband. Now let's go to the school department. How much money has come in uh, to Winsocket for the Winsocket school department? And 
as Mr. Ward has outlined, uh, some of the things that we can use it for and we can't use it for. So what uh, is, the, is the amount of money and what can we spend it for? We're looking at somewhere in the 20s and 30 million, I'd say, in total. And it's going it's, it's started to come in. Um, we have not gotten full um, disclosure from RIDE and or from the federal government as to what we can spend it on. But we know we can, we're going to be spending it on you know, learning loss and emotional and uh, emotional learning that we're going to be spending it on. So we are going to be bringing in uh, teachers, uh, tutors, social workers. Uh, we're going to be looking at an infrastructure in terms of what do we, what can we spend on that will assist us in, in teaching those things uh, and catching people up. And what we also and but we know that the funds that we receive, just like the city, uh, is gone after two years. So you have to we have to plan very well in terms of you can't be spending it on 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 items that will drag past two to three years because the money won't be there. So we're looking at this very closely. There are things that we might be able to spend it on that could be property, plant, and equipment that deals specifically for loss or that we had to spend during the COVID, uh, the, during the pandemic. But that's still, that's, some of that is still fuzzy. We still don't have, just like the city doesn't have a full, you know, meat and potatoes listing of what you can and can't spend it on. The term learning loss suggests that uh, you need teachers and that suggests salaries and that kind of money. Mr. Superintendent, uh, infrastructure is also buildings. Um, uh, so we can't build um, a new school out of uh, this money. Uh, but if we could, would you uh, propose a new school? Uh, because uh, uh, when you look at some of our buildings, they're getting along in years. They certainly are. Um, you know, many of our buildings need need quite a bit of uh, of work. Um, you know, it would be great to have have a new school, but there there isn't enough money to there for that purpose. But you know, we talk about learning loss and we talk about supporting students um, emotionally, and um, you know, much of that money is going to be used in in those areas. We've started uh, this summer. Uh, we have a. We already have a very strong partnership with our local community-based organizations like Com Connecting for Children and Families, um, Community Care Alliance, the Boys and Girls Club, uh, Thunder Mist, um, NeighborWorks, River's Edge. It, the, the list goes on. We're very fortunate here in the city. What we've done is we've come together for the, really for the first time this spring, and we are putting together a very robust summer learning opportunities for students in grades K through 12 and it's really in two parts the first part is the academic piece which is going to be provided for each of our uh, students who choose to attend at each of our schools in the city um, and the morning sessions will be more academic and then the afternoon sessions is where we're partnering with these community-based organizations um, really like we've never done before so that certainly is is something that's very exciting and I really um, I, I hope that our, our families and our parents take advantage of this opportunity for their children, but it's going to continue beyond this summer. So we're going to be uh, working with our community-based organizations for the next three years much more um, intensely than we have in the past. So that's one very large piece of 
of trying to fill this learning loss gap and provide supports for our students uh, beyond just the academic realm. Um, in addition to that, we're also looking at just providing more staffing during the course of the school year. Now, as as Chairman Bourget stated, you know, there's there's sort of that cliff that we're going to come to. The money is good until September of 2023. So any positions that we add that we would look to sustain beyond 2023 would really have to be through attrition um, or if the budget is such that, you know, we've received more money from either either state or local. Uh, sources, we, we could maintain those positions, but there will be some positions that we will be adding, albeit, you know, maybe just for, for two years, but we're hoping that those two years of some of those new positions, those academic positions and those social emotional positions during the school year will really support our students over the next two years to get them, um, you know, to where we're, we're hoping that they'll get in, in, in two and a half years. All right. So the money is going to be used for catch up instruction. I guess is what um, that's that's yeah, one way to right. put it. Yes, right, and we won't be seeing a lot of new roofs put on buildings, things like that. Uh, we'll we'll be seeing it invested in in kids learning. Correct. Well, one of the things that will will probably be looked at, Roger, is that the heat wave that we just had, uh, which is pretty disastrous in terms of how kids were able to function and teachers able to function wearing masks in 90 degree plus uh, classrooms. So there may be, there may be a, a, a move um, by our subcommittee, the facilities committee, to put in more, put some air conditioning uh, that we don't have in certain of these classrooms. And that's really, in my opinion, education related. Because at some point, if you, if, if you can't stand, sit in a classroom that's like an oven wearing a mask, if, if as long as we have to do that, opening a window does nothing. So instead of uh, calling it a virtual day, we may be able to uh, use some of those funds to add air conditioning. Uh, there will be some repairs that can be made because they will assist in education loss. So we're looking at all of that, uh, all those possibilities. We're not going to erect a, a new building, but certainly there may be some improvements that can be made to our buildings that will enhance learning and that's that's what we're looking to do before i ask you to uh summarize uh, things i want to ask you about that critical race uh, theory that's uh, out there um south we've been reporting it in the news everybody's been reporting it in the news uh south kingstown school board members are uh, under fire do we have a uh, uh do we have race um uh, curriculum going on in socket schools or how is that handled mr superintendent so we don't have critical race theory curricula in our schools. Um, our, our curricula, when you look at the academic part of the curriculum, you know, when you look at curriculum, you look at, at the, there's the academic piece and then there's really, there's really is that social emotional piece of the curriculum. So the academic curriculum really doesn't, doesn't change dramatically. Um, I may, you know, in terms of, of, of purchasing certain series of books, you know, that, that might change from year to year. But, you know, with respect to critical race theory per se, um, as a curriculum, we, we do not have that in our curriculum. Um, but then when you look at the social emotional piece, um, we certainly, you know, our, our social workers, our guidance counselors, um, our support staff, um, we, we've been working heavily um, over the last three years 
with our students and our staff around um, creating positive relationships with students, from student to student and student to staff. So the way I look at it is it, it's just trying to to teach students how to be kind to one another and to respect one another and to respect differences. You know, this is a very diverse community and I think that that's one of the, if not one of, it's it's the strength of this community is the diversity here in Woonsocket. And I, I think that if, if we can continue to um, to, to promote and facilitate, um, you know, getting along and treating one another respectfully and being kind to one another, then I think that goes a long way. And th so that's that other piece to the, to the curriculum, um, here in Woonsocket. We also have a program called, uh, restorative practices and that, and that's basically building positive relationships. Do you see um, it differently? Oh, student. I'm sorry. Do you nope. see it differently, uh, Mr. Su uh, Mr. Uh, no, Chairman? No. As a matter of fact, that's that's how I see it. I mean, we we really foster all of us foster uh, treating everyone the same, kindly, with kindness, uh, with professionalism. Um, we know this community is made of many different races, uh, nationalities, uh, religions, etc., and we em we embrace them all. I mean, uh, everyone's the same. Treat everyone like you'd want to be treated. Uh, and, we, and that's what we foster in our schools. That's what we foster uh, in our playgrounds. Uh, so critical race theory, no. It doesn't have a place here in Woonsocket. We know we are all different. We all, that we are all the same. And so we treat each other well. That's that's the goal of, uh, of our school system. Did I cut you off in the middle no, of the sentence? No, not at all. Okay. I was pretty much finished. Okay. That's okay. I you wrapped it up. I, 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 I had to be finished. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I, to me, it's a, it's a pretty a pretty important question, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask it. Uh, uh, all right. So the graduation class of 2021, ready to go. Summarize it, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chairman. Um, it's that uh, the exercises are going to be at 4 o'clock at Barry Field on Friday. Uh, it, the tent will be gone. Uh, it'll be open air uh, so we can fit more people on at Barry Field. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing the students and their families and just enjoy a great graduation exercise. Enjoying being superintendent or would you like to be the Barrington superintendent? I love being the Woonsocket superintendent. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be making more money in Barrington though. That's, that's quite all right. Money's not everything, That's okay. Roger. That's all right. That's, I, I'm, I'm happy here. Thank you guys for being with us. It's a pleasure, Roger. Thank Thanks you, Roger. for having us. Back in a moment. A Roofmaster with 35 years experience. Avoid disaster and hire the master. Roofmaster provides customers with high quality roofing services. Putting a roof over your head is the most important thing your home needs. Storm and wind damages are a real threat to your roof. Most importantly, your insurance company can help you. The Roofmaster will inspect your roof at no cost to you. Inspections are free and we are fully insured. Then that includes residential and commercial properties. Contact the Roofmaster team today and we will get you started. We are GAF certified. So call the Roofmaster at 401-400-7008. That's 401-400-7008. Remember, it's Roofmaster. You won't be disappointed, I guarantee it. Rice Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are now open and back to normal. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products, including milk, 
cream assorted pastries, ice cream, cakes, and more. Visit our website, wrightsdairyfarm.com, for all the latest information. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery thanks you for your patience over the last year. But now, we're happy to announce that we are open for business as usual. The store will be open for in-person shopping, and we will discontinue our car hop service. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery, 201 Woonsocket Hill Road, North Smithfield. You can call us at 767-3014. Open seven days a week, but we'll be glad to see you in person now. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, this time the panel is Roger and Steve. Steve D'Agostino is um, the, uh, I guess you'd call him the public works director for the city of Woonsocket. Is that still your title, sir? Currently, yeah. <laughs> Currently, that's what he is. And since uh, this is a current program, that's what we're going to talk about, his job. And uh, when I asked uh, Mr. D'Agostino to join us, uh, the topic number one was going to be the uh, water treatment plant. I don't know if um, if you're uh, satisfied. I, I know that when you were here last time, uh, you uh, you had a timetable. I don't think that timetable is quite exactly where you wanted it. So maybe you can tell us where we are with the treatment plant and uh, when you think we can uh, put the, um, the finishing touches on it and have an open house. Steve? Well, uh, the treatment plant is complete. Um, it's ready to process water. We're just uh, awaiting the authorization from the Department of Health to proceed. Um, so when you bring a plant of this magnitude online, um, there are a series of things that you have to comply with, and that's what uh, currently we are in the process of. So we are currently submitting uh, what's called baseline sample sampling of the water, the current water that's in the system now. And when that is complete, I expect that they'll uh, give us written authorization to uh, commence our 30-day testing, aseptic testing, which puts the water into the system. And really, after that, you don't look back. It's, you know, we go right to, that, to the new plant and we turn off the old plant. Now, when you take a sample, uh, so the water comes in from the reservoir, goes into the plant, mm-hmm. where is the sample taken? Is it taken at the plant or is it taken from maybe some kind of a faucet somewhere else in the city? No, it'll be, um, with this round of testing, it's 14 um, individual sites throughout the city, you know, right the tap water from the house before they flush the toilet, before they turn the water on, you know, they'll give us a sample right out of the faucet and... Um, that's what we'll submit for uh, our baseline testing. So you have 14 locations that mm-hmm. you look at across the city. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's uh, that's far more than we've ever had before. Um, we'll end up with 60 locations uh, over a six-month period, and we'll have to uh, constantly submit tests to the Department of Health. So the water can come out uh, as clean as uh, as can be, but then it's got to go through the pipes and so forth. And that's really, I guess, the test uh, when it comes out of the faucet at one of those 14 sites. Correct. Yeah. So what you have is, you know, you have a brand new facility and the, the quality of water will actually be better. It'll be clearer. It'll be better. It'll probably have less chlorine taste to it. But you still have, um, you know, an old distribution system mm-hmm. that doesn't change. So, and that's what uh, 
the Department of Health wants to monitor. They want to monitor, you know, what the reaction when it goes through the distribution system. So, um, and like I say, I, I'm expecting that uh, authorization to take place within the next couple of weeks. That's my hope. Um, Department of Health is, you know, is very, um, well, I, you know, in my opinion, it's ridiculous, but, uh, you know, I understand it's public safety, it's concerns of drinking water, it's utmost important, I get it. But, uh, so we'll leave it at that for now. They have to cover their air ends too. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but the facility, uh, it could, you know, we could turn it on within 24 hours and stop processing water. You know, uh, Jeff uh, Gamash and I, uh, we visited the wastewater treatment plant, this completely different yep. facility, yep. Uh, and it was interesting to see. Now, if you have an open house for the water plant, is there something interesting to see, or is it just a, a water plant that um, that is, uh, you know, not going to uh, make uh, people uh, excited? No, it, it's actually pretty fascinating. Uh, the, the current plant, you can't really see what goes on because it, it goes on inside of an enclosed tank on Manville Road, and this process is, is pretty open-ended, really. Um, it's called the DAF system, which uh, it really just, it, it forces air through the bottom of a tank and pushes all the particles and waste up, and you'd be amazed how much um, particle, how many particles of waste there is in the water from the reservoir. You'd be amazed. But you can actually see that, and it's, it's, it uh, oxidizes it and coagulates it, and it skims across the top of the tank. And um, this process is much different. The current system we have, all the particles just, you know, settled to the bottom of the tank. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we flushed it out into the Blackstone River, which was the big no-no. You know, that's why we had to uh, comply with DEM with this facility but this facility all the waste will go into our wastewater treatment system directly so steve when it blows the particles up to the top do you have like a skimmer to vacuum them uh, away it just uh, yeah it's a skimming process it's, it's just kind of a giant paddle that comes across the top of the tank mm -hmm. electronically and uh skims it into a a waste area if you will and then the process begins, you know, chemicals uh, are added. and um, So if the product before was put into the Blackstone, but this time it skimmed away and, yep. and dropped, where does that waste go? It goes into our wastewater system. Mm -hmm. at the uh, And treated there. And treated there. Instead of going directly into the in, river. Into the river. All right. right. Yep. So that's one of the main reasons why we had to build the plan, right? Correct. Yeah. And not, not besides that, I mean, our current plan is antiquated. It's old. It's outdated. That style of, of uh, processing water is, you know, is, is outdated. So uh, this will, as I said, will uh, we'll probably have better tasting water, and it'll definitely be cleaner and, uh, and more polished, if you will. Are you still friendly with the contractors, or did some of them... Uh no, uh, no. Not deliver the way that you wanted them to deliver. No. Well, obviously, there was a, a delay. You know, we built this plant, and then COVID came, and, you know, that uh, became a problem. And uh, and now the Department of Health is, uh, you know, has its own uh, series of uh, questions and hoops you have to jump through. But uh, 
No, the, the vendors are fine. I mean, I have a great relationship with them. And they were, a, you know, a very classy operation. And they pretty much did everything they said they were going to. Um, but like they, you know, they, they were hit with this uh, pandemic as well. And uh, we kind of worked through it. Just as a sidebar, did you have uh, trouble getting supplies like uh, the uh, hardware stores did in terms of lumber and, and so forth? Constantly, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a, a, a battle. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I revert back to the, uh, the elevator that's in the, uh, the new water treatment plant. Uh, you know, it, it took six months just to get the thing delivered. Six months passed of when it was supposed to be installed. So uh, things like that were just very hard to come by and uh, presented its own series of uh, challenges, if you will. And delays, I guess. Huh? And delays, yeah. So, But uh, it's a beautiful plant. Um, I think you'll be impressed and amazed when you go up there, finally. And uh, I can't wait to, uh, to show it off. Um, because, you know, I, I hear these comments, well, you know, Steve D'Agostino's on all he cares about is paving or whatever. Well, no, I mean, we just built the water treatment plant. Mm -hmm. We just redid the wastewater plant. Uh, we're still focusing on the new recreational facility at Cass Park. Uh, you know, a whole new concept there. We're going to try to build it with the sale of gravel. So, so no, we're not one-dimensional. We're, uh, you know, multi-dimensional, so... I want to ask you a question to uh, change topics, uh, Mr. D'Agostino. Uh, so we get all this federal uh, money that's coming in, and we may be able to spend it for certain things. If we could spend it to cap off those tanks that they're talking about um, um, at, um, at wastewater, um, would that really solve any uh, problems with uh, odor issues uh, if we spent uh, all that money? Because people have called talk shows, and they say, well, if we cap them off, uh, we're all set. Yeah, uh, no. I didn't think so. No. I thought I heard this before. Yeah, no. One thing I'm not going to do ever is to waste money and chasing bad ideas. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to be part of that. So uh, I'm not the, you know, the typical uh, person that just, you know, you hear some theory on the radio or whatever and you say, oh, that sounds great. Let's spend a million bucks and do that. So no, we're not. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to recommend it. So uh, as far as the money, uh, that'll be up to the mayor and uh, the council, the powers to be. But I, there's no shortages of ways that I could spend it. I can tell you that much. Mm -hmm. You know, there are plenty of things to do with the water department, wastewater department. So, But like I say, that's, that's up to the mayor and the uh, council. Mm -hmm. I will certainly uh, forward... Um, you know, my wish list, so to speak. So capping uh, tanks is not uh, uh, a high priority in your mind? No. No. And, I've, and, I, and I say that because I actually had conversations with engineers who know far more than I mm -hmm. about the process there. And I said, you know, if we cap the tank. They said, listen, if you enclose the entire area with some kind of dome, you'd still have odors there. So um, this is just the nature of that business, if you will. Some can be prevented of the odors by better management of the trucking, uh, just better plant management as well. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I'm not saying that's it's like it's foolproof and you know it's a hundred percent compliant. It's not. So I'm not going to say that, but we're not going to throw money at solutions. It sounds like the odor problem will go away when the contract expires. They close down the plant. <laughs> but I always say, you know, that Cinegro, um, you know, I know it presents a series of problems with odors, but it saves us a couple of million bucks because mm-hmm. we'd have to ship that sludge out mm-hmm. if it wasn't there. So, it, you know, it's a, a devil's advocate type thing. You know? We call it a trade-off, I guess. It's That's, a trade-off, yeah. right. Uh, talking about paving, though, um, yeah. when, um, you know, quite visible to the human eye is uh, what's going on on Wood Avenue. Um, I'm told that's uh, part of a national grid I- issue and and also uh, off of Cass Avenue on Heber. So, so um, is there a busy, busy season ahead of uh, paving in Woonsocket? Very busy. Um, and that's uh, why I have ads on your radio show because uh, I'm trying to get some skilled personnel because I'd like it to be busier. Um, but Cass Avenue was a, uh, 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 excuse me, Hebert Avenue, that was uh, a, uh, that's a bid to reconstruct Hebert Avenue. And uh, that was supposed to be, we outsourced to a, uh, a company. We put it out to bid, and the bids ranged from 300000 to $400,000. And I said to the mayor, well, we just bought this nice paver, so we're going to do it in-house. So we outsourced the concrete sidewalks, as most contractors do anyway. Even the uh, the pros outsource the, the concrete. And we're going to uh, excavate and pave Hebert Avenue in-house, utilizing the grant money funds. That's never been done in the city before, and we're going to start doing that. So uh, Hebert Ave and uh, Florida Street are, uh, are two that we uh, utilize that paver on, and uh, we'll utilize the money, the grant money, in-house. Now, you've done paving before. Is this a particularly challenging one, um, uh, or um, uh, or is it um, is it different from any of the other stuff you've done oh, previously? No, no, no. It's, it's pretty routine. It's just in the past, since I've been here, we've always outsourced the, um, the block grant money, mm-hmm. always. We've always just... You know, give it to the lowest bid or whatever, most qualified bidder. But since we, uh, I, we, got, we got a ruling from HUD that we could utilize this money in-house and uh, utilize our own crew. So uh, we're going to take some of these streets on. All right. So the block grant money is actually being reinvested. Reinvested. In, yeah, the never city. been done before, by mm-hmm. the way. All right. So what's going on in Wood Avenue? Wood Avenue is, uh, that was the uh, National Grid just replacing their uh, gas main, which was outdated, antiquated, undersized. So they put an 8-inch main there, and now they have to do the laterals to all the house houses, I should say. And uh, at some point down the road, we'll have to refurbish that road, too. That sounds like a, a, a summer-long project there. That is. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a big project. Um, but uh, he better have, we're going to start... Next week, uh, the highway department, we're going to start removing the pavement and uh, repaving it. The sidewalks will all be completed. And uh, so that'll be, that'll be a nice job. 
there's always a reluctance to announce uh, the schedule of streets um, because, uh, and as the mayor explained in her visits here, you can announce five streets are going to be done, and all of a sudden one street that right. never was announced has, got, has an emergency. Uh, yeah. But it is going to be a busy summer <clears throat> of streets somewhere in the city. Very much so, yeah. Well, well I mean, he been out for sure, um, Florida. And I said before, you know, when the tr treatment plan is finally done, done complete, because after the 30-day uh, acceptance test is, is finished at the new water treatment plant, then we have to um, do all the hard plumbing in the street, if you will. And then at that point, we'll uh, redo Jilson Ave because that's part of the contract anyway. Mm -hmm. But we're going to do that in-house as well. Liston wants to know, what do you do with the old water treatment plant? We're going to um, decommission it um, eventually. We're going to make sure that the new one runs properly. And uh, when, that's, when we're satisfied with that, we'll decommission the old one. And uh, we'll just remove the tanks. We'll put out a scrap metal bid. Um, you know, we'll repurpose the land and hopefully uh, utilize that brick building that's there for something um, in-house. But that, once again, that will be up to the mayor and the council, whatever. Waste uh, being strewn around the city. That seems to be uh, something I see uh, all the time. And, um, and I guess that's a function of, the, of, the, uh, of your department in some respect, right? Yeah. Or in all respects, maybe. It's an ongoing, uh, it's unfortunate, but it's an ongoing battle, if you will. Um, there's always two or three people assigned. They're just picking up, and it's such a waste of time in personnel but that's the day you know this these are the times we live in and people they just drive by and they throw garbage right out the window and they don't care and it's a, you know it's always the same areas and uh it's unfortunate i wish that there could be some kind of um, you know fine or something or some type of uh hotline where you could call and you know uh just for lack of a better word, squeal on someone throwing out litter or whatever and uh, try to control it. But, uh, you know, I realize it's very low on the list of priorities at the police department. I mean, with all the, the other things going on, um, that's, that's pretty low. But uh, it's ongoing. It's daily. It's seven days a week. So uh, it's unfortunate, really. But... You know, I think we do a good job. We've got it under control, so to speak. Um, but it's every day. Is it uh, the mattress? Is that the big... Uh, is that, is that no, the, no, no, no. Well, it's, what's uh, the, no coffee, what is it? Coffee cups, uh, Burger King bags, the, the, the nips you see, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from the liquor store. I mean, you know, cigarette butts. I mean, those are all the usual suspects, so... But uh, it's all, it's and it's all on our primary streets, Tupac Avenue, mm -hmm. Social Clinton, you know. So it's an ongoing job, huh? Ongoing, ongoing. So if I could, I just want to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to leave some time for Steve to kind of cover bases I didn't cover. Yeah, Go ahead. No, it's a you're already advertising and you're doing a great job. It sounds good, as usual. But uh, I just want to promote the jobs that are available and uh, uh, medium equipment operator. Um, that's a that's a job where you can 
operate a backhoe, front end loader, a sweeper. Um, that's a it's a, a nice job. Uh, the equipment is very nice, and the pay is good, and the benefits are outstanding. Um, so, but you you do need a uh, what's called a hoisting or an excavation license from the state of Rhode Island to run the backhoe or loader. What does that mean, hoisting license? It's just, uh, you know, it's a course uh, and a test that you take online saying that you're qualified to run a piece of equipment that can lift uh, 10,000 pounds. It goes up more than five feet in the air. Um, anybody who runs a bobcat or whatever is supposed to have a hoisting license with the state. Mm-hmm. It's like a car license, no different. So, uh, so that. Uh, so you don't put the the shovel pot into electric lines. And exactly, <laughs> or through somebody's house. Yeah. You're some, you know, you're minor supposed, things like that. Right? You're supposed to be qualified, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then we have uh, what's called a shop maintenance person, and that's uh, that's a job uh, where you have some mechanical skill, and you'll work with uh, the mechanics that we currently have at the highway department. And uh, you'll work on pickup trucks, dump trucks, um, equipment, and uh, that's a nice job as well. Um, good salary and uh, great benefits. So uh, that's available. And last but not least, uh, the laborer position. Um, I'm looking for someone with some paving experience with this position. And um, I'm willing to train anyone who's interested. Um, you know, if you're young and fit and you're, you're looking to get into the paving industry, this is a good opportunity, um, good salary, great benefits, um, a good environment to work. You'll be working with me. And if you screw up, I'll scream at you and <laughs> whatever. But, uh, uh, but no, seriously, uh, Steve, you get how to do learn you, the trade. How do you balance uh, the paperwork um, over at City Hall and being out on the street? Uh, because I know that, you know, just n- knowing you, you'd rather be out there uh, making sure the job is done rather than uh, doing a purchase order. Yeah, no, I, I try to be in the office um, like three hours a day, and that's about all I can take. Uh, the rest of the time I have to be in the field because that's really, you have to see what's going on. And you have to see what personnel is, is performing and who isn't. And, and that goes from everybody. That goes from the superintendents on down. Um, but, uh, and truthfully, I have great people that work for me. You know, 90% of them are, are excellent, you know. And uh, they really help me out a lot. And uh, that's how I'm able to do a lot of things in the city. Because I have great support. It could be better, and that's what I'm trying to do here. So we won't be seeing you at Narragansett Pier much uh, this summer. Uh, no. It sounds like you pretty much uh, be watching the projects going on in the city. Yeah, I don't take much time out. Um, you know, I, I I probably take a couple of weeks a year off, mm-hmm. and, uh, I you know, it revolves around my work schedule. I make sure there's nothing really big happening here, and... Uh, and that's how uh, I manage, really. Steve, thanks uh, for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, and, and one more thing. The yeah, se- yeah, se- seasonal, right seasonal yeah. help, we have, uh, we have an advertisement for that as well, and that's very important. Um, school kids, uh, young people that want to 
um, work in the parks, whatever, uh, work, you know, picking litter, whatever. We encourage that. And, you know, they, they work in the engineering department, whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, and we encourage that as well. But thank you very much for having me. We'll sock at ri.org if they want to apply for that, too. Right? That's correct. Thank yeah. you again. Yep. Berlin, this hour. Mr. President of the Russian Federation, Mr. President of the United States of America, on behalf of the Swiss government, I would like to welcome you to Geneva, the city of peace. The Swiss president welcoming Presidents Putin and Biden to Geneva. The two leaders now meeting behind closed doors at their widely anticipated summit. Going into the meeting, they took a few questions, drawing a brief photo op. And I hope that our meeting will be productive. And they are meeting face to face right now. The summit's agenda includes Ukraine and human rights, arms control and cyber attacks. A lot of ground to cover. And the one thing the two leaders do seem to agree on relations between Washington and Moscow have hit a post Cold War low. In the face of worsening coronavirus figures in Russia, authorities in Moscow and surrounding regions announcing compulsory vaccinations for certain categories of workers. Israeli military jets went into action early today, carrying out a series of airstrikes on Hamas targets in Gaza. The Israeli military says the nighttime strikes targeted facilities used by Hamas for meetings to plan attacks and blamed the group for any act of violence emanating from Gaza. Palestinians in Gaza responded by launching incendiary balloons that caused at least 10 fires in southern Israel. There have been no immediate reports of casualties in the areas concerned. On Tuesday, Israeli ultranationalists, some chanting death to Arabs, paraded in East Jerusalem in a show of force that threatens to spark renewed violence. I'm Charles Diladesma. On Wall Street, Dow features down 34 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. Summertime and the living is going to be easy and delicious at Kay's Restaurant. Enjoy inside dining with our comfortable air conditioning and leisurely outdoor dining in our shaded canopies all summer long. We'll even have easy listening live entertainment in the patio for your dining pleasure this summer. And check our Facebook page every Friday for our changing weekend specials. Available Friday, Saturday, and Sunday while they last. Specials keep changing, but you may see prime rib, barbecued brisket, baked stuffed shrimp, popular appetizers like Oysters Rockefeller and Clams Casino. Our kitchen staff is excited about preparing the new dishes that we've been offering. And of course, we always offer our traditional sandwiches of steak and roast beef and so much more that has built our reputation for over 50 years. From all of us at K's, thanks for helping us evolve into a full-scale bistro dining experience. K's, 1013 Cass Avenue, reservations at 7629675. A Woonsocket tradition since 1968. And going forward, certain categories of workers in Moscow and areas surrounding the Russian capital will have to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Despite all the fanfare with the rollout of Russia's own Sputnik vaccine, fewer than 2 million Muscovites have taken the jab. That's a mere 14% of the population. So the capital is to be one of the first places on earth to make vaccination compulsory. 60% of those working in retail, catering, education, utilities and energy sectors must get their first jab in the next four weeks. The deadline for the second one is mid-August. The list also includes beauty salons, theatres, cinemas, museums and such like. 
That's a BBC's Sasha Schlichter. The Chinese government planning to release copper, aluminum, and zinc from stockpiles in a bid to restrain surging prices that officials fear could disrupt a post-pandemic business revival in China. News and analysis, townhall.com. Cybersecurity researchers discover a cell phone flaw. It may have allowed hackers to eavesdrop on some data traffic for more than two decades. Researchers from Germany, France, and Norway say the flaw affects the GPRS mobile data standard. While most phones now use 4G or even 5G standards, GPRS remains a fallback for data connections in some countries. The researchers say the vulnerability of the GEA1 algorithm is unlikely to have been an accident. Instead, they think it was probably created intentionally to provide law enforcement agencies with a back door. Manufacturers and standards organizations have been notified to fix the flaw. Jeremy House reporting. California Governor Newsom doling out one and a half million dollars each to ten vaccinated winners at Universal Studios, part of the fanfare surrounding the end of the state's coronavirus restriction. More on these stories at townhall.com. WNRI Winsocket. This weather report is brought to you by Sharon Tree Services. We offer commercial and residential tree services, including tree removal, pruning, stump grinding, land clearing, and storm debris removal. While focusing on efficiency and timeliness, we strive for customer satisfaction. Call the experts. Call Sharon Tree Services, 883-8823. That's 508-883-8823. A great Wednesday and Thursday on the way, mid-70s, right around 76, 77 degrees on your Wednesday and Thursday. A little clearer on Thursday, but still strong sunshine throughout your Wednesday, 52 into your Thursday. Same overnight into Friday as well, where we'll warm up to the low.